Good morning. Good morning. Oh, welcome to the Grove. My name is Eric Montoya, Pastor of the Grove, and we're glad you're here today. Before we jump into part six of the series that we're in prayer, I just want to say welcome to all those watching Facebook Live, listening to the podcast, and then of course everybody in the theater today, thanks for coming and spending uh, your Sunday with us. Uh, we're, um, uh, we're just excited. We know God's going to do some great things in this service, and I think it's a very important um, part of the, of the series that we're doing today, and you don't want to miss it, because it's, it's what's going to keep us healthy, help us to um, not, not go backwards or to lose uh, what we're supposed to be doing. Say so thanks for coming. A couple weeks back, I went to the chiropractor because I was out of alignment. And I went, he worked on me, you know, he does some massages, and I, I liked the massage, that was probably the best part of the whole thing. Except I left sore, if you ever had an intense massage, you kind of leave sore and you're sore for a few days. Well, in the process, he's trying to, you know, get my muscles to relax a little bit so he can adjust me and, you know, popping my neck and, my, you know, turning me sideways and popping my, my body and my hips are popping. And uh, it felt so good after you, you just feel like you're in alignment. It's, it's amazing when you're out of alignment, when you get into alignment, just how that feels. Um, and, and in this process, we were going through this, uh, this, this conversation. And so he says, all right, so you're out of alignment. And now here's the thing. I'm going to get you in alignment. But if you don't do some specific things, in a few weeks, few months, you're going to be back to the situation you were in just a while ago. And so you need to be proactive and you need to do some things. And this is what he told me. He said, it's not going to take a lot of your time. Uh, sounds like something I've been telling you guys for this prayer series. It, it, I want to take like, he said, five minutes of your day. If you will just stretch five for five minutes every day, it'll make a big difference in, 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 in your alignment and your, in your posture and all these, uh, these things in your back and your, your body. And so he's showing me just, he showed me some, some stretches to do. He said, five minutes a day. Don't complicate it. Just do something. Make it, make it really simple and do these things and it'll help you to do that. And then he said, and, and he asked me some things about, you know, what I do, what I like to do, exercise. And, you know, when you cycle, you get in this position and your, your shoulders go down uh, when you're on a keyboard and on the computer or reading books or meeting, counseling, stuff like that. Your, your, your posture naturally just will, you'll slouch and you'll move forward and you'll kind of go into this position. And so part of what he saw when he was adjusting me is, is my, some of my muscles are tight and not in a good tight way, like I'm like really strong, you know, but um, unhealthy tight. And, and so he said, you, your, your shoulders are slouching. So to correct that, when you're on the computer, just pay attention. You have to be proactive. You have to pay attention to this or you, you will just go back out of alignment. And he says, if you don't take care of this, eventually it'll become something that's really not good in your life and it'll make you unhealthy. So he said, you just got to push your, you know, your, 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 your pelvic out when you're on the computer, just intentionally do that. And, and, uh, talk about my, my shoulders, how, how to, how to keep those, um, a good posture and just went through these different steps. And so essentially that's what he told me. He said, one, get into alignment. That's important. Make sure things are aligned. Do, do healthy things, a stretching, right? Be proactive, do some things that are healthy. The third thing, he said, fight against ease. So your body's going to naturally want to just get comfortable, want to slouch and, you know, do, do some things that aren't very comfortable that, that will, Continue to make your body tight and unhealthy. So he said, fight against those things. Be, pay attention. Be aware of it. And as he was teaching me these things, I kept thinking about the prayer series we're in. A big part of prayer that I said is to bring us into alignment with God. That is one of the factors of prayer. God is trying to, trying to get us to become healthy. And a part of being a healthy um, person is to understand that God created us to live a specific way. And so when we live contrary to him, we get out of alignment of his purposes and his ways. We find ourselves in situations that aren't good. And so he's saying prayer is a way that we get back into alignment with God. And then the Lord's Prayer, which we've been going through for this series, 
He's saying you, have, you need to do this on a daily basis. It needs to be something that you're doing consistently. This would be a healthy um, habit that you have. You know, going to church, reading your Bible, praying. Those are healthy habits that we need to have as, as Christ followers. Being in a small group. Uh, these are things serving, using our time, our talents, our resources to, to help others. These are healthy things that, that God calls us to do. And prayer is one of the things that we need to do on a daily basis. And then the last thing is fighting against ease or comfort. Um, Part of prayer, what God is trying to help us to do is not just go with the flow, not just settle for whatever comes our way. Um, you know, just it's something very simple. And prayer is the same way. It does not be complicated. In fact, if you pray the Lord's Prayer, it'll only take you about 21 seconds to pray. Uh, if you pray it as a model prayer, it could take you a minute, two minutes, three minutes. If you add Psalm 23 or, or the Jesus Prayer that we've talked about, or these other prayers that we've been talking about, the Shema, uh, it, it can add on a little bit more time, five, six, seven minutes. It's not that complicated. I think everyone in this room can say, I have a few minutes that I could do to be able to, to do this. And in this prayer, you're going to be reminded as you read the Bible, as you pray, God's going to remind you of these things that you need to fight against that are so natural for us just to slip into that we don't even realize that, that we're doing it because it's just comfortable. It's what everybody does. Um, it, you don't have to complicate it. Just um, fight against ease, fight against those things so you can stay in alignment with what God has for your life. And this is what prayer was. And so I thought it was very interesting as I was going to the chiropractor, my back and all this stuff. Um, at the same time, prayer is the same exact thing. We're trying to come into alignment so we function the way we're supposed to. And when, we, when it comes to get fighting against comfort and what, what's natural and common, it, it, it's, it's this. Nobody drifts into being healthy. Nobody wakes up one day and says, wow, I got a six-pack. Like, that was awesome. I went to sleep, and I didn't have a six-pack, and I wake up, now I have a six-pack. Nobody just wakes up healthy. You don't go to sleep and wake up the next day and have a healthy marriage or healthy finances. Nobody drifts into health. In fact, it's the opposite. If you just drift, you'll wake up very unhealthy in, in relationships, in finances, in, 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 um, in, your, in your physical health. Because comfort and ease will always take us down the easy path, which means there's no resistance, and we wake up knowing being unhealthy. So nobody drifts into it. And here's what I know about getting healthy. It takes work. It takes hard work to get to a place uh, where you become healthy. And, and, and honestly, it, t- it takes very little work to get out of that place. Uh, last year, I worked, I worked so hard to try to get healthy for the, for the Bike for Light, for, uh, for uh, my first uh, triathlon I ever did. And what I found is within a month or two, without exercising, I went back to being as, just as unhealthy than before I started exercising. So getting healthy takes a lot of work. And then falling back into that um, it can, can sometimes be even easier than, than, than we think. We just kind of go into the, with the flow. Cory Tin Boone, she asked this question about prayer. And she says this. She said, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? See, in life, when, when, when we work towards getting something healthy, it's like cleaning a house, right? So if you clean a house. You work a whole day to get your house clean. Um, and if you don't proactively do things like wash dishes and sweep every now and then, what happens to the house? It just... Naturally, as we use it and we go through it, especially if you have four kids, right? It just gets dirty. And you're like, oh my goodness, I just threw out the trash yesterday. I have to throw out the trash again today. Um, we just get in these, these, these uh, routines where we work so hard to get things the way, the right, and then it drifts into not being right. And, 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 and in this question, Corrington Boone is asking this question, is, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? See, if prayer is your steering wheel, you're being proactive, and you're going in the directions God asking you to do. You're, you're asking him to lead you and guide you so you'll get to the destination you want. If it's just your spare tire, you find yourself off into a ditch and you're like, oh God, please help me get out of this ditch. I have a flat tire. I went through this rough road that's going to give me flat tires. You told me to stay off of it, but now I'm there and would you please rescue me and help me? Is it your steering wheel or your spare tire? Uh, uh, Every week I give you some prayers that I find 
There's a really popular prayer called the Serenity Prayer. AA groups and some of these um, recovery groups use it. It says it says this. It says, God grant, me the, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Great prayer. I think there's more to it. The, the guy that wrote the prayer has more to it that, that goes on. Now, but this is what the prayer they say um, when they meet. And talk about, you know, how God, asking God to give us wisdom to understand those things we can control not. Well, I found a couple of versions of the serenity prayer that I thought were pretty good. There were some other ones that were really funny, but I just didn't think they were appropriate. But I'm going to share a couple that I found. This one's pretty good. For, for moms out there, you might, might like this one. God, grant me the serenity to accept the messy state my house is in, the courage to start cleaning, and the wisdom not to let it get this way again. Or if you're a single guy, that might be a good prayer for you too. Another one. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. This is great. The ability to change the people I cannot stand. How many wish God would answer that prayer? Who's with me, right? Yeah. How many accept the things I cannot change and the ability to change people I cannot stand? I don't know if God will grant that prayer, but it'd be pretty awesome. So in prayer, this is what we said about prayer. Prayer is, ta- is, is about talking with God. So we can walk with God and make a difference in this world. This is what prayer is. It's, it's so God will have a relationship, we'll have a relationship with him, and understand that he's created us for specific reasons and purposes, and we can accomplish those things and make a difference with our life, because that's what God wants for us. Warren Worsby says like this, he says, The important thing about prayer is not simply getting an answer, but being the kind of person whom God can trust with an answer. So it's not just simply that we're asking God to give us an answer, but it's being the kind of person that God can can trust with an answer. So the Lord's Prayer, we've broken it down, our Father, about relationships. And I went through that every week. We're in the sixth part of this. And so last week we talked about forgiving, asking God to forgive us our sins, so we, and, and, and helping us to forgive those who have sins against us. Uh, this, what we said, is about getting our hearts right with God and getting our hearts right with people. And so that was last week. Like, you're, you're getting your heart right. You're making things right with God, making things right with people. Well, the next part of the Lord's Prayer is really about helping us stay in that way, to keep our hearts right. I think this is one of the parts of prayer that we probably neglect and don't realize how important it is. Uh, because when we neglect this part of it, it's very easy that when we pray all these other parts, God answers them. And then we wake up one day and realize that we were, we're off course, in a, way, way off course. And we find ourselves off in the ditches with flat tires. And we realize, where did I go off? Like I've been you know, seeking God, trying to be this, this person, make things right, keep things right. And, and it seems like we drifted off into this place of, of unhealth. When it comes to the Lord's Prayer, it's, it's really, one author said it's broken down in three parts. Uh, relationship, we talked about that. Responsibilities. And then the last three weeks, we've been talking about the third part, requests. You know, so we said, give us this day our daily bread. Uh, forgive us our sins. And then today, the part that we're talking about is lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Really, the first one is about our present needs. We're praying, saying, God, in my present, I need your help. God, forgive me my sins. We're dealing with the past. Right? We're saying, God, we want to take care of this so we can be healthy. And then this part, lead us not to temptation, we're talking about future. We're talking about future decisions. We're talking about the things that we're going to face today. I love this about the Lord's Prayer. It's present, it's past, it's future. And so we're saying, God, would you help us on this journey because we can't do it on our own. We need your help. So Matthew 6.13, the part that we're on today for, for the prayer, part 6, is lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Notice Psalms 23. Notice um, the, the prayer of Jabez, um, even even the Shema, the different prayers we've been bringing up. There's some themes that are common in these prayers. And we said in the beginning, we want to learn the principles of prayer, of why it works, what makes it work, so that we can pray in a way that we will see our prayers answered more consistently. 
Uh, that's because that's God's heart. He wants to answer our prayers. But when we don't pray with the right principles, we, we see less prayers answered because we're actually praying sometimes against the very things God wants or where he wants us to learn to, to, to be a part of that. So he's saying, lead us not into temptation. So we're, we're inviting God to be the lead. So, so in our prayer, we're saying, God, would you lead us? Would you guide us? And the second part is deliver us. That's about freedom. He wants to keep us free. Uh, one of the things we need to learn about this is um, when it comes to temptation, God doesn't tempt us. All right? uh, the enemy tempts us, um, but God doesn't tempt us. Another word for temptation could be a test, and God does allow us to go through tests, and those are a good things because if you know any, any, any about when it comes to school, uh, we give tests so we can have a gauge for where we're at. Right. So if you take a math test and you get a C, you realize, all right, I need to work on some of these things to get better. So when we go have tests in life, it's, it's God's way of giving us a gauge of saying, all right, you need to overcome. You need to become stronger in those areas so you don't fail these tests. You can be uh, you can overcome. And what's great about tests and even temptations is the Bible says, Paul says in Corinthians, that he will never give us something that we can't stand under. So like whatever you're facing, sometimes it feels like, man, this is a lot of weight. God promises he'll never give you more than what you can stand. So if you're facing a test or temptation, God's promise is you're a way out of that. You don't have to give in to that. Um, the choice is ours. But, but God's the one that doesn't, doesn't, doesn't give us um, those, the, the, the temptations. He's, he's, he's allowing us to grow. And, and, and this prayer is saying, essentially saying, lead me away from those tests that I can't pass. Like, you know my heart. You know my weaknesses. Keep me away from those areas that I will fail and I'll cause more, more harm. Essentially, deliver me from the evil one. James says it like this about, about being tempted. All right, James 1.13 says, When tempted, no one should say God has tempted me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted, is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. So we're tempted when it's our own desires that pull us away. And then once after this desire is conceived, all right, once, once that desire is given birth, like we've thought about it so much, it gives birth, and that birth is eventually to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. So when we give in a temptation, we see, the Bible says, we eventually will get death in our lives. We will find death in relationships, death in our finances, death in um, even our physical bodies. Because our desires, when we give into those, they will produce something. It's like, it's like sitting on the chair and not paying attention to my, my posture. It's, I'm just going with the flow. It's not going to produce anything good. But if I'm proactive and say, no, I need to do these stretches, I need to do these things to keep myself healthy, this is, the part, this is what prayer is helping us to do. Uh, so we've been saying, God, help us in this every week. Um, and so every week we've looked at a different prayer in the Bible. So we're going to the Lord's Prayer, but then we're looking at different prayers that were prayed in the Old Testament, New Testament, uh, of people that prayed something and God answered that prayer. Uh, today I want to talk about one prayer that's one of my favorite prayers in the Bible. Uh, when I was a teenager, a young teenager, I came across this story and I prayed the exact same prayer. Um, I asked God for the, for the same thing this man asked for because God answered it. Um, and growing, growing up in, from, from junior high to high school, God answered my prayer in, in an incredible way, and he gave me insight and helped us. So I'm, I'm going to show you this prayer. First uh, Kings 3.9, there's, there's a, a man named Solomon, David's son. He becomes the king after, Saul, after David dies. Uh, Solomon becomes the next king, and he's a young king. And so God, God shows up to him in a dream and says, Solomon, I will grant you one request. Make your request, and I'll grant it. And so Solomon, he goes to this, this, this little dialogue, conversation with God, and this is the request he makes. He says, give me an understanding of heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who, who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? 
And it goes on to say that the Lord was so pleased that Solomon asked for wisdom that God answered him and said, okay, because you asked for wisdom to govern my people, you asked for my help, uh, you didn't ask for fame or fortune, um, all, a long life, all those things, but you asked for wisdom, I'm going to grant this to you. And on top of this, I'm going to give you uh, fame and fortune and, and, and the ability to impact. But he says this, if you will follow my decrees, if you'll, if you'll continue to follow me, follow me like your father David did, I'll even give you a long life. Like I'll give you favor and blessings. And God answers Solomon's prayer for wisdom. James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God for wisdom. And he, he'll give, he, he loves, loves to give us wisdom and to help us with this. As a teenager, ask God for wisdom. And he, he heard my prayer and he answered it. Um, and for years, I'm so grateful because of that, that, that he's given me insight into things that I'm able to just make better decisions. And so when it comes to parenting, uh, my wife and I pray a lot. God, give us wisdom to parent our kids. When it comes to being a pastor, God, I know how to do this all that, all that well. So help me have wisdom to be able to accomplish this the way you want me to accomplish it. And I believe God is answering those prayers. Uh, the thing about Solomon, though, is he started so well, but he didn't end very good. And in his prayer, notice, notice how he prayed for these things and God blessed him. But the very thing that was the blessing became the, very, the thing that pulled him away from God and from relationship with God. So God said, all right, Solomon, I'm going to bless you. Here's all these blessings. And he had it. But the very thing that God gave to him, he took, kept it for himself, and began even, even use some of that to, to make his empire stronger and, um, and, and oppressed people, things like that. It didn't, it didn't end well because his heart turned from God. Mark, Mark Batterson says like this. He says, the leading cause of failure is mismanaged success. When God gives us success and we don't manage that well, it will lead to failure. The good news is the leading cause of success is, is well-managed failure. And when you think, man, I messed up in life, if you can manage those failures well, you can turn those, those failures into, into something that's positive. You can fall forward instead of backwards. You can actually become better. and You can be more successful if you learn from your mistakes. But a leading cause a lot of times is mismanaged success. And when God, when we pray, God answers the prayers. But if we're not careful, the very things that we prayed for can now become the stumbling blocks and the things that keep us away from God. I heard a pastor just recently told the story about a man that came to his church and got very involved, part of the team, doing some great things. You know, if it was similar to ours, he was there for setup and, and, and part of small groups and all these things. And um, eventually the man loses his job and his family's struggling. So he says, Pastor, I need a job. Would you pray that God would give me a job? And so they pray together, and God gives this man an incredible job, and he starts doing really well, making a lot of money. And, and little by little, the involvement of, of being involved and helping others began to dwindle. And after a while, the man just wasn't around very often. Every other month, the pastor would see him. Um, and he asked, like, what's going on? So I'm just really busy. i got a job. I'm working. And a few months later, the man loses his job again, and he comes back to church, and he gets involved again. He's helping, doing all these things, doing some great things. And, um, and after a while, the strain of not having to work, he says, Pastor, I need a job. Would you pray for every job again? And so the pastor says, all right, let's pray for, for God to give you a job. Praise. And God gives this man a job again. His involvement in the church and, and with his family starts dwindling again and, and begins to be non-existent and, and goes away. Man loses his job again. Comes to the pastor and says, pastor, um, would you pray for me to have a job again? And he says, no, I'm not going to pray for you to have a job again. He says, why not? That's not very nice of you. He says, because every time I pray for your job, I never see you for months at a time. And it's more important that you, that you develop and have a healthy family than just make money. And he talked to the man, and the point was this. He says, if you don't understand that the blessing God's given you is so you can, you can have a healthy family, it's, your family's not there for the job. Your job is there for your family. Your job is there to help build the kingdom of God. Your job is there to help you accomplish these, these things God wants you to. And to realize that, you're going to continually go from job to job and, and, and spiral down eventually. Even though you're getting the blessing and the resource, it's going to drag you down. 
You see, in our lives, the prayers that we pray can become the very thing that keep us away from God's best in our life. We, we said a prayer, we talked about a prayer of Jabez a couple weeks. Notice, notice this part of the prayer I said we're going to talk about. Jabez said, oh, that you would bless me indeed. Remember, his name means pain, right? You'll enlarge my territory. Your hand will be with me. Your hand would be with me. So he's asking God to bless. But then the, the, the prayer kind of shifts and it says, and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. In Jabez's prayer, he's recognizing, God, I'm asking you for blessing, but in this blessing, would you lead me and make sure I use this blessing for good, not just for selfish purposes? Let me use it for your purposes, something that's going to help me, not so that I get led away and become pain to somebody else. So when we pray and ask God for help, he responds. But the way we, we stay healthy is we, we add this part of the prayer saying, lead me not into temptation and deliver me from the evil one. The Bible said that Jesus was tempted in every same way that we are tempted. So whatever temptation you face this week, Jesus faced something very similar. In fact, uh, um, Paul even tells us that there is not a temptation out there that is not common to somebody. Like somebody has faced that temptation that you have, and they've overcome it. In the Bible, it says that Jesus was baptized. God spoke from heaven saying, this is my son who I'm well, who, uh, that I love and I'm well pleased with. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness for 40 days. And he was tempted by the enemy there. We don't know all the temptations that happened that period, but we know of three temptations. Um, the enemy took him and said, hey, you're hungry. Turn these stones into bread. Took him up on a high place and said, if you bow down and worship, I'll give you all these things. So he went through these temptations. We, we could say the three temptations were this. All right. It was John says in first John that it was the lust of the flesh, our desires about pleasure. It was the lust of the eye, which is about possessions and, and our, what we want. And it was the, the pride of life or we could say power. So the three temptations were pleasure, possessions, and power. Uh, another way you could say that is um, it could be sex, salary, or success. Um, girls, guys, or gold. Or if you're a female, it would be guys, gold, or glory. Right? So girls, gold, or glory. Guys, gold, or glory. I haven't use that. Uh, we could say food, fortune, or fame. Um, they're just these different temptations that are, that, that are very common to all of us. And, it's, and typically those temptations fall into one of those three. It's about pleasure, I want it makes me feel good. It's selfish. I want it. Or we see it. Man, I need that in my life. I need that. It's going to make me feel good. Or I need to control. I need to, I need to be a leader. I need to be over people so that I can have power. And the temptation to get the glory, and those things are there. And so it says that Jesus faced these things and he understands temptation. Psalm 23, the second week we talked about prayer. We said that, that uh, David prayed, um, um, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So even when I'm going through tough times, even when I have enemies, right? He's saying, I, I, your, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Like even in, my, in the middle of my enemies, you prepare a table. You know, at my head, you help me in this, in this journey. All these prayers are pointing back to God, saying, God, help me make sure that I don't give in to temptation so that I don't cause pain. Help me to overcome. And see, God understands temptation. And he says he'll give you a way out whenever you face something difficult. And so the Lord's Prayer, as we pray this on a daily basis, we're inviting God to lead us, Right? So God, give me this day my daily bread. I need your help today. I need finances, whatever it is that you're, you're praying for, health. Then um, you're saying, God, forgive me my sins. Help me to forgive others, taking care of the past. And then you're saying, God, would you lead me? Help me to make a wise decision and wise choices so I can be the person that you have created me to be. And uh, in, in, in the story where Jesus overcomes the enemy's temptations, the enemy would even would even use scriptures to say, hey, the Bible says you can do this, like you can do this and God will take care of you. 
And every time the way God, the Jesus overcame the enemy's temptation is he would quote a scripture back and says, no, the word of God says this. He knew the Bible, and the Bible is what he used as the tool to overcome the temptations that came his way. So a big component of prayer is understanding God's word. And when you put those two together, they're very effective. Because when you're praying and you understand that God has good things for you, it's going to be good. Be good. See, so if you're a married couple and, and husband, if you're praying for a new wife, you know that's outside of God's boundaries, right? God will never answer that prayer. Wife, if you're praying for a new husband, I mean, I guess he could like kill your husband and then give you a new husband and that might work, but that's not usually God's ideas and his ways because it's outside of his standards. And the more you know the Bible, the more you are able to pray according to his word, according to his plans, his purposes. And so it's important that we put the two together. But this is what we understand about the word of God, that, that God's word, his word, it brings victory. Jesus overcame temptation because he knew what the Bible said. He knew what God's word said. If you're going to overcome, you need to be, get to a place where you say, God, I'm going to trust you in all these things. Because I'm, I'm the enemy is going to be sneaky. He's going to come in and try to say, you know, those, those blessings that God gave you, those are pretty awesome. Man, you can, you can use it for yourself and you can build your own kingdom. And in, in that process, you need to learn what God says about how God wants to bless and what he wants to do in our lives. When it comes to concerning our marriage, our children, um, our sexuality, how we handle those things, finances. We're saying, God, help me to understand what you your best for my life so I could walk those things out. Remember, I talk about alignment. So in our lives, prayer helps us to get in this alignment with God. All right? And then he's asking us to do healthy things. So on a daily basis, take a few minutes to say, God, would you lead me today? And then fight against what's comfortable. Fight against what's easy. Fight against what just culture says is okay. And in the middle of that, say, God, help me not just to give in, not just to go with the flow, but to understand what you're calling me to do. Be proactive. Um, God, God, this, this whole part of this prayer is saying, God, keep my heart right. Like, don't let me be, don't let me be led astray. Solomon, God answered him and blessed him, but his heart drifted away to foreign women, to marrying other women, to foreign gods, to power, to all these things. And he, he didn't end well because he let his heart drift away. Lord, lead us not into temptation and saying, God, keep my heart, keep my heart right. Help me, help me this week, help me today to be able to make wise choices in the light of my future hopes, in the light of eternity in, 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 in heaven and future that way. Help me to make wise choices. You're inviting God to lead you. Um, see, because God wants us to be healthy. He wants you to be healthy. And to become healthy, you have to mature. And maturity is, is not, mature, a mature person does the right things not because they have to, because they know those are the right things to do. It's a choice. Health and maturity, they're both a choice that we have to make that God wants us to. So beginning of the, of the, the message I said, is, 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 your, is prayer your steering wheel or is it your spare tire? If it's your spare tire, then you just, you come to God when you're off in the ditches and you, you, life is tough, right? Jesus is saying, make prayer your steering wheel. So this week, you want to stay out of the ditches? Be proactive. Make prayer your steering wheel. You're saying, God, lead me this week. Help me to know where to go. Help me to be able to accomplish what you want me to accomplish. And we're inviting God to lead us. What would, what would life look like if prayer was your first response, not your last resort? This week, what would your week look like if prayer was your first response, not just something you do because, well, man, I really need God to bail me out of this. Like, what would it look like? Raising your kids. What would, what would raising your kids look like if you would pray on a, on a daily basis saying, God, give me wisdom. Help me to direct my kids in a way that would help them be healthy. 
And not, not just saying one day, like, man, God, really got a real rescue here. Like, help me. Like, God wants to help you. But if you will let it be your steering wheel, not just your spare tire, God will do more things. Here's what my mentor told me. Uh, that helps me help me a lot when it comes to temptation, when it comes to life. Because here's what you have to understand. I'm human. I'm just a person. Yeah, I'm, I'm a pastor, but it doesn't mean I'm perfect. I, I'm faced with the same things you're faced with. I get angry. I get upset. I get hungry. Um, and hungry leads to hunger leads sometimes to those things, right? Get angry, upset, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm human. And, and I was talking to my mentor and saying, you know, you know, asking some questions about, about people and that done, have done dumb stuff and, you know, how, how he doesn't, how he can love people that even have done horrible things to him. And that's what he said. He said, Eric, people are people. And here's what you have to know. We're all just one decision away from stupid. You're one decision away from stupid and so am I. And as soon as you think that you're above that, that's when you're most vulnerable. When you think I can overcome whatever comes my way. No, the truth is, you're just one decision away from being stupid and making a stupid decision that could wreck everything. And he said, don't ever forget that, Eric. The flip side of that is all of us are just one decision away from better also. You're only one decision away from making your life better. Choice is yours. And God's prayer of saying, would you, when you pray this, the Lord's prayer, would you invite me to lead you away from temptation, away from tests that you're not going to pass? If you have addictions, don't even go towards those things that would pull you back into addictions. That's this prayer. God, don't even let me set foot into those places that have overcome taking me so easily. If you, if you struggle with pornography, you'd be saying, God, don't even lead me to those websites. How many to get rid of my apps on my phone that will even direct me those ways? That's the prayer. It's saying, God, help me to be free from things that would cause me to be addicted and end up in the ditches. Prayer becomes a steering wheel that says, God, today, you know all the things I'm going to face. Keep me from the evil one. He has, he has his own plans for my life. I don't want those plans for my life. I don't want his plans for my family. God, would you lead me today? And our invitation asks God to, to come and to, to lead us on this journey. You know, I, I said the Lord's Prayer is a model prayer. Our Father who is in heaven. We recognize that God is a good God. He's our Father. We say, hallowed be your name. We recognize that, that there's power in that name, that he has, he, has, he has the provisions. He has the ability to heal. He has the ability to fix things. He has the ability to overcome. And all the different names we talked about week two. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. So I'm praying, I'm saying, God, today, would you let your kingdom show up in my heart, in my life? Do the things you want to do today. Today, I pray that for this service. God, would you let your kingdom show up? And those that have come with baggage and with, with hurt, that they will leave free from those things because that's God's will, that we'd be free. God, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth the same way as it is in heaven. And then God, would you give us today our daily bread? On a daily basis, I'm bringing it saying, God, I need your help today. I mean, my kid's sick. I need your help. Would you heal his body? Would you help him? Would you, would you provide for us? You know the things that we need to accomplish this, today and this week. Would you provide and help us to have wisdom there? Forgive me my sins. God, would you forgive me of the the dumb decisions, the stupid decisions I made, and then help me to forgive those that have made dumb decisions towards me, that I will keep my heart right with you and with others. Forgive me my sins. And this part of the prayer that we were talking about today, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. As I'm praying this, I would say, God, today you know the things and the plans the enemy has for my life. I take my stand against him. I ask you to give me victory, give me success, give me wisdom to accomplish these things. Help me to be able to use the blessings you've given me to be able to do good and not harm. And the end of the prayer, here's the kingdom, here's the power, here's the glory forever. Amen.
God, you get the credit because it's because of you that I have what I have. And we give all the credit back to him. See, the Lord's Prayer and prayer is it's, it's not a complicated thing. And God invites us to start to, to have this journey with him. And I promise you, when, when, when you make church a priority, when you make your, reading your Bible a priority, when you make prayer a priority, things in your life will change. Not just that. He'll keep you away from dumb decisions because when you pray, God, lead me not to temptation, all of a sudden when you start going towards that thing that's a temptation, he's going to say, hey, you prayed to stay away from that stuff? You should really stay away from that stuff. And he'll give you a way out every single time because he always responds to those prayers. And he'll give you a way out. Somebody will call you, somebody will say something, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, I shouldn't go that way. That's not a healthy thing to go to. And he rescues us. So here's my challenge for this week. All right? Allow prayer this week, every single day, allow it to be your steering wheel, not your spare tire. That just means when you pray this prayer, you're saying, God, today I need your help. I bring it to you again today. It's a steering wheel where at night you're praying this prayer and you're saying, all right, God, if I got off course, yes, you have. You need to make things right. All right, I need to get back on course. And you're not just reacting to it, but you're being proactive. And then I would just challenge you, if you haven't memorized the Lord's Prayer or some of these other prayers you talked about, go memorize them. I think the prayer of Jabez is a great prayer in the morning. You're starting off, you pray the Lord's Prayer, and then you say, God, would you bless me indeed? Help me to, to have more territory today. Keep me from evil. Great prayer. And then at night, Psalms 23 is a great prayer to kind of get you to, to, to have peace and to begin to calm down again. Because it's all about God leading us like sheep. He's the good shepherd. And we're inviting him to, to, to help us on this journey. These are great prayers to pray. And when we do it God's way, he responds, he answers. We find that he, he blesses us incredibly. And then we're able to bless others because of it. Every week, um, we give opportunity for people to come to service. I said, we pray, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. Part of God's will is that none would perish. See, the Bible says because of sin, we're separated from God's best. We're separated from relationship with God. Essentially, we're dead to God because sin brings death. And today, my prayer for you is if you've come to the service and you know that you, those dumb decisions have led to pain, they've led to poor, those poor choices have led to unhealth in marriage and in finances and family, but more than that, they've led to you not being a friend of God. The best thing about prayer is it can start that relationship, relationship back with God. Because prayer is about relationship. And today I would love to lead you in a prayer. It's a simple prayer that just says, all right, I'm going to confess, like we talked about last week, that I've done wrong. I need your help. I'll invite you to lead me and be, be the Lord of my life. See, in a few weeks we're going to celebrate Easter. And the reason we can pray is because 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on the cross for you and for me to open up a way back to the Father, back to God. And because of that sacrifice and because of the resurrection, he's alive, alive. he's not dead in the grave, he's alive, we can have life. And his invitation to us is, will you accept life that I have for you in exchange for the death that you've brought into your life through sin? And so today, if you're here today, you're not a friend of God, you know, you'll know what I'm talking about when I say it. You just, you're not connected to God. You have no relationship. You have no idea what his plans for your life are. Or you've willingly disobeyed him and you've been doing things that you know are wrong. And God is saying, man, quit it. Come back to me. If that's you today, I'd love to lead you in a prayer. In fact, would, would you close your eyes and bow your heads today as we close service? If you're here today and you'd like me to lead you in that prayer, would you just lift your hand and let me know you're here? 
So the Bible says if we confess our sins, awesome, I see those hands, that he's faithful and just to forgive us. And if we call on him, we call him Lord, and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. It's a prayer of faith and a belief in the heart that, that says God is God and I'm not. Awesome. Anybody else? Awesome. Pray that raise your hand. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If you're a Christ follower, would you just join me in praying with these that raise their hand today? Just say this prayer today. Say, Father God, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for sending your son to die on that cross for my sins, to give me a way back to you, God. I believe he's alive today. Lead me and guide me. Help me to live the life that you created for me. Lead me. Be my God. I put my trust in you. I put my faith in you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.